Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking to the Word of a King. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding. Hey man, hey man, it's good to be saved. Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. We're glad you're joining in. I am your host, Brian Beam, and this is the co-host, my faithful brother, Pastor Chad Reese. How you doing, Pastor Chad? Doing wonderful, brother. Doing wonderful. Amen. Amen. Glad well, to hear. I know I know you love that question. Oh, wait, I'm the one that doesn't like the yeah, question. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this podcast. What do you have for us? What, 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 how are you going to open this one up? It's going to be great. But before we do that, we're going to do a little trivia. Okay, that's what I was wondering. What, a little trivia about? about myself. All right. I have four things listed, and you have to guess. Three of them are true. Okay. You have to guess which one is not true about me. Just kind of mix it up a little bit. This is going to be interesting. Are you, are, are you all ready? I'm a strange character. Okay. I used to be an exterminator. Okay. I've been to San Diego. Okay. My uncle was in a movie with Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Or my grandpa has a patent for, I don't know what they call them, but it's the mirrors that are on a semi-truck, the rectangular mirror, okay. and it has the circle mirror in it that kind of eliminates the blind spot. My grandpa invented that and actually has a patent for it. Awesome. Well, since I think I know Brother Brian, I think out of those four, the one that is not true is that he's been to San Diego. That's probably the one that's most likely true. Is that why you're saying it? Because yes. that's the one yes. you would think would be true. Correct. Exactly. What I'm Am saying. I supposed to answer? Yeah. Which one's, which one's not true? You are correct. I've never been to California or San Diego. Amen. Amen. Why would you not guess the bottom two? Because... They're, they're so wild. I know. I knew they had to be true. I should have put another crazy one in there. Yeah, see? Uh, My uncle was in this crazy movie. He was in Turkey in the 70s in the military, and they filmed a movie with Charles Bronson and Tony Randall. I forgot what it was called, but it was a total flop. It's not even... They found it some online and got it for him for his 70th birthday or something like that. He was in a movie. All he did was just open a gate. <laughs> but he was in a movie. I think he got to, the story was he got to have a steak dinner with Charles Bronson. These are some younger folks. These are big time actors from right, the right. 70s and 80s. Death Wish. And my grandpa did have a patent. Supposedly, as the story goes, um, he took it to Scotch. He couldn't figure out how to get the mirror to stick in there. And Scotch stole his patent. Wow. So Scotch is our sworn enemy. Mm. Well, that is interesting. See, uh, the Lord's given me a gift to discern. And I, I just was thinking, you know, those four questions, two of them are pretty wild, pretty crazy, pretty, you know, not common. So therefore, those both have to be true. And it left me with the really with a 50-50 guess. But you being an exterminator, yeah, I could see that. Die! <laughs> <laughs> Less than a year. Well, my wife, when I first got married, I was exterminator. Then we went down to Pensacola, so I quit the job. But... Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was actually a good, good job. All right. Well, let's switch back. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Now that I'm back in my right seat, I say right. right. Well, I am on the right seat. I'm in the right. 
but uh, I, I don't know. I just feel more comfortable here. It feels right. Yeah, it feels right. It feels right. It was good to try. I'm glad we tried it, but this yeah. is the way it should be. Um, you know, I don't know about that, but I, I, but this is kind of where we're sitting. So I'm used to it. It's, you know, kind of like those folks that come to church and have their seat and that guest sits there and all of a sudden they're in their seat. Oh, man. We had a creature just fly. Um, we should be all right, though. You told me we just talk about exterminators <laughs> and bugs, and we had one uh, fly through here. So, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll continue on. But with that said, I am looking forward to the subject that we're going to get into, and I want to just spend some time and talk on this podcast about really what is the purpose, or what, what, why did God have four different gospels? And what I mean, gospels were talking about specifically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why is there four accounts of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ? And is there a purpose to them? Is there significance to them? And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. And I think it's going to be a great podcast. Hopefully uh, we can maybe teach you something, reinforce something you learned and help you in regards to the word of God. So what I want to do, Brother Brian, is I want to kind of give the premise or the idea behind why I believe, and I know you do too, and many Bible believers believe there are four gospels and their purpose or their perspective or how they represent the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, we'll just kind of let the cat out of the bag and give you the answer right away. But we hope, <laughs> we hope you stick around and listen. We'll, we'll kind of build a upon this idea and thought and show you some pretty amazing truths and it'll help you when you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and understand the perspective. And so what I mean by that is I believe they all represent Jesus Christ. They all give you a different perspective of the Lord Jesus Christ in a different manner. And so Matthew, I believe, represents Jesus Christ as a king. And Mark represents the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant and Luke represents the Lord Jesus Christ as a man. And of course, that leaves up with John. And John uh, portrays or represents the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And so when you're reading those Gospels, you understand it has that perspective, I guess would have been the better word, the perspective that uh, Matthew uh, presents him as a king, Mark as a servant, Luke as man, and John as God. You'll see there's different emphasis, different stories, different things that are in some that are missing in others, uh, but because it gives that perspective of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think uh, one of the very profound truths about this is this was actually prophesied in the Old Testament, a prophecy some may missed or never connected to the Gospels, but it's definitely there. So Brother Brian, why don't you tell the audience the viewers and listeners about this extraordinary prophecy in regards to the four gospels that is found in the old testament all right the term branch it talks about jesus christ in four different ways matching the four different gospels mm -hmm. and the four different perspective of the gospels and it uses the word branch in the old testament mm. when you said that i just thought of something it would be similar to having someone write a book or have a TV show about you or anybody as you were a son. Right. And everything about being a son and growing up. Correct. Chad Reese, the husband, mm. and how you are as a husband, and that wouldn't really have anything to do with being a son. Right. But they're not contradictory. They're not different about being a pastor. You're a, you're a brother. Sure. You're a father. 
just like many people are and it's just different perspectives different focuses yeah. different emphasis they're not contradictions the lost people and the atheists and liberals try to say oh well, this contradicts that there's no contradictions they all fit beautifully it just different emphasis so absolutely and that's well put i think easy uh for maybe someone who hasn't heard this before to kind of grasp that idea and these four books these four gospels portray jesus christ in different manners so again as you mentioned it, in the prophecy is regards to the branch so remember what we said there's four different perspectives of lord jesus christ king servant man in the son of god or god or lord and uh so what are these prophecies brother brian let's talk about them for a few moments jeremiah 23 5 we have our first branch that would match matthew it says behold the days come saith the lord that i will raise unto david a righteous branch and a king that's in shall reign and prosper the verse six tells you who the branch is. It says, whereby he shall be called the end of Jeremiah 23, six, the Lord, all caps, our righteousness. Amen. Amen. And the branch is the king. And I think also interesting, just kind of note, because it's going to come back up later in the podcast. When God wants to emphasize a king, he connects it to David. And that's why it's mentioned David there, because right. obviously king of, of Israel. And so that branch is prophesied, the branch, the king. And so, as I mentioned, that is Matthew. Matthew is going to portray Jesus Christ as a king. And we see that prophecy is the branch, the king. And uh, so what's the next one? The next one would be Zechariah. They're actually both in Zechariah. The next two. Amen. Zechariah. Is it Zechariah or Zechariah? Tomato, tomato, however you want to say it, brother. There you go. <laughs> Zechariah 3 8. I'm going to flip flop. Here now, O Joshua the high priest. Separate note Joshua, Jesus, Acts 7, Hebrews yeah. 4. Same, Amen. Same word, Jehovah saves. Thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, mm. the branch. So now here it says, my servant, the branch. And as again, if we had a board behind us and we were connecting these dots, if you remember, I said, Mark portrays Jesus Christ as a servant. And so here we have this prophecy about the servant and the branch. And so again, we've had the king, we've had the servant. And what's your next one there? Zechariah 6. Yeah, let's go look up some. No, no, <laughs> it's okay. It was, I'm sure it was profound. Six twelve. It would have been, but it didn't match. Zechariah six twelve. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man, the man whose name is the branch. So here you go, the man whose name is the branch. Of course, got Matthew as the king, Mark as the servant, and Luke as the man. And again, so this is the third time about this branch, and it's a prophecy. And again, it, it matches those four perspectives of the Gospels. And again, we've got through three of them. So we have one more branch that is prophesied in the Old Testament. And of course, that's going to match the book of John. And so go ahead and read that one, brother. Isaiah. Oh, we got Isaiah 4. There's a couple of them. Sure. Isaiah 4, 2, and that day shall the branch of the Lord mm. 
be beautiful and glorious. Of course, we know that's uh, that I believe there. I didn't turn the reference there, but that Lord is all capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, right? Double check, make sure I'm saying that correctly. Yes, the yes. branch of the Lord, all caps. Yeah, so any, anyways, I say that obviously if you have any, uh, uh, you know, um, what is it, like a Jehovah Witness, and they understand that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is that's God Almighty, right? And that's Jehovah. Amen. And uh, so anyways, and again, that's that prophecy, and that's a, a good passage proving the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ because that Lord showed up is God Almighty. That's the Lord Jesus Christ and manifest, God manifests in the flesh. Uh, but there's your four perspectives. And Brother Brian's going to share something with you real interesting in regards to the imitator. But uh, again, just to recap, we have Matthew presents, represents the Lord Jesus Christ as king. Mark uh, portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as servant. Um, Luke portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as man. And of course, John portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord or the son of God. Uh, but uh, you were just uh, um, sharing this before we got on uh, recording the podcast. And I thought this was wonderful in regards to the imitator. So why don't, why don't you talk about that for a moment? Well, of course, we know there's four gospels that present Jesus Christ four different ways. But if you're a liberal, you say, well, there's other gospels out there, which there are. There are, there are other books contempor sure. contemporary with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right. And we believe in the canon. We're King James only. So it, we don't, that stuff doesn't have any effect on what we believe. We believe 66 books. Amen. 39 old, 27 new. We don't question the canon. Not a big deal with us. Not a deal whatsoever with us. But there are false gospels out there, like the Gospel of Thomas is mm -hmm. one of them that they find like in the, I don't know specifically the Dead Sea Scrolls, but they find archeological sure. digs and they find books written that have heresy in them and the, the early church never accepted them. But the devil is a great imitator. He imitates yeah. every single thing. He's called the God of this world. He has a son, the son of perdition, yeah. and he's got spirits and he's got false, I could go on and on. Ministers with all the that, and church and you know. Yeah, he, he imitates everything. Right. But we, he also imitates the branch, Isaiah 14, 19. Of course, mm -hmm. Isaiah 14, we yeah. all know it was Satan. Now I will ascend my throne above the stars of God. If you have a new Bible, it might be Jesus, but yeah. that's another issue. Right, right. Isaiah 14, 19, but thou, talking about the devil, Satan, Lucifer, but thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. Wow. So you have the true branch, and then you have the abominable branch. And of course, that is Lucifer, the devil, and he is the imitator. And so again, hopefully what we're trying to do is just build on this premise that the reason God has four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is because they portray the Lord Jesus Christ in four different manners. And uh, I think that's, you know, really will help you out in your Bible study and your reading. And once someone grasps this, I also found this uh, real interesting. If we look over at Revelation chapter 4, uh, of course, in Revelation chapter 4, John is caught up uh, to the throne of God. When God says, come up hither, picture of the rapture of the church, and he's seen around the throne. And uh, he sees here, I'll read verses 6 and 7 in regards to these beasts. And I'll uh, tell you why I'm reading these in a moment. But Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne were four beasts, 
full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And again, so these four beasts, I believe, represent the four gospels in type and picture. And it's amazing when you study these four beasts out and uh, their image compared to the four gospels and how they will match perfectly. So again, the first one he says here um, in verse seven, the first beast was like a lion. Well, we told you the book of Matthew portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as king. Now, the world understands this and there's movies about, you know, the king of the jungle, right? Yeah, lion King. Yeah. The lion King. That's the king of the jungle is a lion. So even the world picks up on how the, the lion is a picture of a king, the king of the jungle. Right. But it's not just that, obviously the, the world's always behind the Bible. And so if you would use the law of first mention in regards to the first time the word lion shows up and you'll see it's connected to a king but it's connected to god it's a it's a prophecy a picture of the coming king the lord jesus christ and brother brian maybe you'll read this will you read uh, genesis chapter 49 verses 9 and 10 and this is the very first time the word lion shows up in the bible um, and we're going to show you how the lion is connected to a king. So Genesis chapter 49, verses 9 and 10. Do you want a lion joke before I... Yeah, tell us it? a lion joke. That'd be good. I heard Doc tell this one. The lion goes up to the monkey. He's like, who's the king of the jungle? And the monkey's like, you are boss. Everybody knows that. He goes up to the giraffe. Who's the king of the jungle? Giraffe's like, you are lion. Everybody knows that. He goes up to the elephant. So who's the king of the jungle? Elephant picks him up by the trunk, smashes him against a tree. And the lion gets up, he's all day. He's like, oh, he's just jealous because he's not the king. But anyway. It's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, that's that's what I bring. Yeah, amen. I love your sense of humor. Okay, Genesis 49.9. <laughs> amen, amen. Judah is a lion's whelp. Mm. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as yeah. an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. There you go. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of the people be mm. binding his foal unto the vine and his ass is cold unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine. Mm. And I don't know if you want me to read this, but that's, that's such a good yeah, one. Yeah. And his clothes and the blood of grapes. Yeah. I mean, uh, just, uh, Obviously, you can't miss the connection <laughs> right. uh, to who it's talking about. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. prophecies in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, but it's interesting. The very first time the word lion shows up, it's connected uh, with a king and is connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, uh, the book of Matthew is going to portray the Lord Jesus Christ as a king. So not only is it seen in the branch, prophesied in the branch, it's seen in the image of the beast that John sees. And the first one he sees there is as a king. Uh, now, the second one, he says, um, the second beast was like a calf. And again, the, you, you could just study this out and most people understand this. A calf is a animal that just plows and it's a servant animal. And that's what they're used for all throughout the Bible. Uh, so, and we just know this in modern day. So again, Mark represents the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant. And that's what that calf is, as pictures as a servant. Of course, the third one really doesn't need much ex expla uh, being explained either. It says, and the third beast had a face as a man. 
And of course, that's what we said. The book of Luke portrays Jesus Christ as a man. Now, the last one, this is interesting. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And you say, well, I thought you said that John represents the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord or the Son of God. Well, it does. And again, if you use a law of first mention, and can I have Brother Brian read this, the very first time the word eagle shows up in your Bible is Exodus chapter 9 in verse 4. So why don't you go ahead and read that, Brother? Exodus 9, verse 4. That's not it? No. Oh, that's not the right reference. It's somewhere there. So let me, uh, it's there, right around there. Let's look it up. I'll look it up real quick. And... Bum reference, scribal error. First time. Yeah, first time it shows up. First time we've done a scribal error. Oh, I don't know about all that, brother. I was going to mention. 19, Exodus 19.4. I bet you that's, no, I didn't write nine. You mentioned in Corinthians class Wednesday, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. Right. Where an ox is a beast of burden or, or an ox is a, is a working animal. Right. Paul compares the ministry to an ox. That's a good good example, and that's a servant. A minister is a servant. The ox there, he likens that unto the minister and unto the servant. So yeah, that's a wonderful reference there. Exodus 19.4, ye have seen, this is the Lord speaking to Israel, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you mm. on the United States of America, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, on eagle's wings mm. and brought you unto myself. So the Lord there likens himself to eagle, the eagle's wings and how he delivered Israel. And so again, the law of first mention will show you that eagle is a picture of the Lord. He likens himself to an eagle. So again, this, this John's caught up the third heaven. He sees these beasts around the throne. By the way, we already talked about those. I believe those beasts are the seraphims. You'll read about them in Isaiah chapter six. Uh, again, they have the six wings. We talked all about that. But the point is he sees a, he sees a lion, a calf, a man, and an eagle there representing these, these beasts. And they represent the four gospels. Matthew is king. Mark is a servant. Luke is a man. And of course, John as the Lord or the son of God. So I think uh, all those things are very important, very interesting. And uh, so let's kind of maybe build a little bit on this, Brother Brian. Let's, let's uh, share with the audience, the listeners, the viewers, maybe a little bit more internally, and I'll let you talk about Matthew. We, we've showed the branch, we've showed the beast, we've, we've said how it represents the Lord Jesus Christ as a king. What are some eternal things in regards to the book of Matthew that would support this idea? Before Matthew, I had a, yeah, you're a good. thought. Yeah, you're good. You mentioned the four cherubs, mm -hmm. and when you, we did the branches, we showed there was a faker in there, the abominable branch. Right. Well, then that would mean there'd have to be a fifth cherub. Yeah. I don't know if there was a fifth cherub. It's possible. Ezekiel 28. Yeah, yeah. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Mm -hmm. I was been eating in the garden of God. And uh, the lion's king of the jungle. Calf, like king of the domesticated animals. Right, right. Man. That's Mankind. Put all in <laughs> subjection unto man, so he's kind of the king of the earth. Animals are in subjection. Nature's in subjection to him. And the uh, eagle... King yeah. of the flying. That's right. But we're missing one. That would be some kind of aquatic or serpent yeah. or and Satan. But he, anyway, that's a subject. And he is a <laughs> king unto himself, right? I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, that's, over all the children of pride. That's right. The kingdoms are delivered unto him. Yeah, amen. Right. But Matthew is the book of the king. Yeah. I'm, I've been teaching in Life of Christ, and we're 
in the kingdom of heaven parables and i'm showing them how matthew the emphasis is inside and out yeah. up and down any way you look at it it's not the church it's nothing to do with the body of christ it has nothing to do with believe on jesus christ it is nothing but king 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 mm. king the kingdom the kingdom and the term kingdom of heaven occurs 33 times in your bible it occurs all 33 mm. in the book of matthew Kingdom of heaven is a literal physical kingdom. Amen. Revelation eleven fifteen, he comes back and the kingdoms become to belong to him. Yeah. Satan, of course, is the god of this world. In Luke four and also Matthew four, when he's tempted, the devil tempts Jesus Christ and he offers him the kingdoms of the world if we bow down. In Luke four, he says, "Bow down and worship me, for I'll give you the kingdoms, for they are delivered unto me, and I can give them to whomsoever I will." Mm. The kingdoms are delivered to Satan, but uh, Jesus Christ will get them someday. But Amen. The book Amen. Of Matthew. Matthew 1 6 and Jesse begat David the king remember we talked about that Matthew David. presents Jesus Christ as a king David is the first well the first good king right Matthew 4 17 Jesus said repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand that's it and Matthew 3 Matthew 1 the birth of the king Matthew 3 of the herald of the king John yeah. the Baptist Matthew 4 the temptation of the king Matthew 5 6 and 7 you have the constitution Amen. of the kingdom the literal physical that's kingdoms it. on earth where the Jews are reigning and the devil is bound we know that's going to be the millennium but you have what they call the Lord's Prayer thy kingdom come yeah. thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven that's a literal physical kingdom where jesus christ where the heavens will rule on the earth that's a physical kingdom that's nothing to do with the church that's nothing to do with being born again that's nothing to do with going out and preaching the gospel that's nothing to do with how john even presents jesus christ or even mark and luke to pretty much the same extent matthew has such an emphasis on the king which is a jewish messianic kingdom just kind of matthew 5 all throughout he gives you the uh, kingdom of heaven mentions sure. the kingdom of heaven and I'm, I've been going through the parables of the kingdom of heaven. And there's 12 kingdom of heaven parables in Matthew. And of course, there's 12 tribes of Israel. There's your Jewish number mm -hmm. 12. And in Matthew 13, you got, they blaspheme the king, and then the kingdom enters mystery form. Yeah. Matthew 13, he gives you seven kingdom of heaven parables, and the kingdom of heaven, it becomes this mystery. And in Matthew, oh, I don't know, 13, 13, <laughs> that's where Jesus Christ says, I'm just, the disciples say, why are you speaking in parables? He's like, I don't want them to know what's going on, or right. else they, they'd hear and see and be converted. I want to I want to blind them. Sure. Isaiah 6. I want to blind them so they don't know what's going on. So I'm going to speak to them in parables. You, yeah. You're going to know what's going on, but I don't want them to go on because they've they blasphemed the Holy Ghost. They rejected Jesus Christ. And the kingdom has now, for 2,000 years, been in mystery form. Mm. you got a woman, and she's got leaven, and she hides it in three measures of meal until the whole was leaven. And you got the tares and the wheat, and they had no clue what he was talking about. Right. And that's the physical kingdom. It entered, it's entered in a mystery form. Right. And Matthew is just hammers that inside and out. And if you want to get saved, you want to get born again, if you're lost, don't read the book of Matthew. Yeah, right. Hey, read the book of Matthew. It's, it's a good book, sure. of course. It's all the Word of God. But our point is the emphasis is on the Jewish, messianic, literal, physical Amen. thing. And if you're even just a little familiar with Matthew, it is so different. The kingdom of heaven, as I said, that's the theme of the Bible, the physical kingdoms. It's the theme of the book of Matthew. Yeah. That term is not even in Mark, Luke, or John. There's no par no kingdom parables whatsoever in John, but Matthew is just so different. It, it's not presenting Jesus Christ as some of the other gospels do, as John, as the Savior of the world. Right. That's not in Matthew. It's a it's almost primarily a Jewish book. It, it's it's nothing about being saved. You don't see Jesus taking time for Gentiles like he does in some of the other books. So it's definitely a unique book, yeah. and it's definitely kingdom, kingdom, kingdom.
And I think that's so important because there's so many passages that uh, young Christians will stumble on or right. false teachings will come out right. of. And, uh, but when you understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about a literal king and a literal kingdom, you can literally apply these verses. And for example, just, I just turned here, uh, Matthew five, five, blessed are the meek mm -hmm. for they shall inherit the earth. Sure. That is literal. But guess what? No meek are inheriting the earth right now. Oh no. No, the strong man. <laughs> right, exactly. But there is coming a day when the kingdom of heaven is literally physically on earth that the meek shall inherit the earth. So this is why it's important to understand the four different perspectives of the four gospels. When you're reading your Bible next time and you read through and you're reading the book of Matthew, just understand the emphasis is about a king and his kingdom. And that king is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to set up an earthly kingdom here on earth. And so Brother Brian, all that stuff you share is very important and this is why understanding the perspective of the book is very important right now i'll just kind of briefly touch on um matthew and luke uh so uh, i'm sorry mark and luke uh, mark obviously as we said portrays the lord jesus christ as a servant and what you're going to find there is the book of mark just starts off with the lord jesus christ and his earthly ministry it starts off with him serving and all the things he's doing and that's because again the book of mark portrays jesus christ as a servant. And we'll give you a little bit more details in a minute and t try to tie this in a little bit more. Uh, but to keep on pushing on, just know when you're reading the book of Mark, it portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant. So that's what you're reading. Now, in regards to Luke, as we said, Luke uh, portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as a man. And I find this fascinating because Luke is a physician. He's a doctor. And I, I believe when you read through the book of Luke, you'll find more the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ than you will any other book. Um, you you have his human side, his human nature, obviously, I think there uh, more detailed. And again, I think it's given by a physician who's detailing the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, you'll see that. Just pay attention to that. When you read through the book of Luke, you'll see the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he's portrayed. He's portrayed as a man. And then, of course, we get to the book of John, where the book of John portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord, as the Son of God. And Brother Brian, why don't you uh, talk about that, how John portrays Jesus Christ for a few moments? Well, John in John 20, the last two verses, 30 and 31, tells us, Praise the Lord, why he wrote the book of John. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Hmm. <laughs> so he did a whole bunch of things. But right. John wrote some things, and he's going to tell us why he wrote them. But these are written. Why did you write the book of John, John? Hmm. He'll tell us. That ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Hmm. That's good. I can find that Matthew. Right, right. So <laughs> completely different. By, by the way, everything, so many things come back to dispensationalism. I know this isn't kind of what we're talking about, but. It bleeds over into everything, though. Knowing what Matthew is about and what we showed you from Matthew. Number one, if you want to get saved, you would read John because that's John was written to get you saved. But Matthew with the king and the dispensational, and it's, it's written to the nation of Israel, not written to the church. We all know that. Paul wrote to the church and mm -hmm. to church ministers. Titus Timothy wrote to seven churches. But Paul had the rapture revealed to him, 1 Corinthians 15. Right. This was after Jesus Christ died, was buried, rose again. The mystery, 1 Corinthians 15, um, Behold, I show you a mystery, we should not all sleep. That was revealed to Paul. But we have raptures in the book of Matthew. 
Right. So it's obviously a different rapture. And of course, as you study it, it is. It's a post-trip rapture. You got 10 virgins, five are wise, five are foolish. So all these people teaching on the two different raptures and, or they they try to put the church through in the tribulation, mid-trib, post-trib. They, it's so, to me, it seems so simple, but I know, I know some of this stuff's kind of difficult. Matthew's not written to the church. Right. Amen. Problem solved. Yeah. So there is a rapture in there. It's just a different rapture. There's a gospel in Matthew. It's a different gospel. It's a different uh, glad tidings message about the king and the kingdom. So Amen. That's just kind of what I want to mention there. No, I think that's that's really good to emphasize. <laughs> we got a, a friend that just wants to keep flying around. But anyways, good good to emphasize in regards to the fact that, you know, you have to understand uh, when you get understand these perspectives and rightly divide the word of truth. Again, to us, it's very simple because we understand these truths. So then you can read it and understand how the Lord Jesus Christ portrayed and what has been revealed, what has not. And so all of that is really important in regards to the perspectives of how the Lord Jesus Christ is portrayed. Any other kind of uh, remarks on the book of John? Yeah, the book of John, I'm, like I said, I've been going through the life of Christ, and I showed him in the book of John, his emphasis is on the deity, that he is God in the yeah, flesh, amen. the Son of God, God in the flesh, which in John 10, they took up stones to stone him because right. he said, for what good work do you stone me? They said, because thou makest thyself the son of God, that thou being a man makest thyself God. That's right. And they took up stones to stone him. They knew what he meant, the Pharisees. Yeah. But John emphasizes his deity and salvation. Right. And there's the I am's of John. And mm-hmm. I have, well, let's see, there's some in Revelation. I have 12 just in John. I am the bread of life, yeah. the light of the world. In John 8, he says, before Abraham was, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast yeah. thou seen Abraham? Before Abraham was, I am. And the Jews picked up stones to stone him. I am the Exodus three fourteen. I am that I am. Yeah. He claimed to be God. The Jews knew they claimed to be God, right. regardless of what any Jehovah's Witness says. Or a Muslim. I've or had Muslim. Muslims say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Yes, he did. And the Jews understand that he did. That's why, as they you sure said, did. they wanted to stone him because he claimed deity. But these verses, I'm not quoting you Matthew. I'm not quoting you Mark. Right. I'm not quoting you Luke. It's in John because that's yeah. John's effort. It doesn't mean Matthew thought he wasn't God. It just right. means that's not why God inspired Matthew to Amen. write every single jot and tittle that he did. But I can go on. I am the door. I am right. a good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All these I am's. And it was one of our tests. They had to list some of the I am's Amen. Amen. For, life, for life of Christ. But yeah, it emphasizes deity. It emphasizes his salvation. And so again, hopefully you just see how this is layered upon layered upon layered. Amen. And when you start learning these things, you understand the different perspectives of the different gospels. You'll just uh, fall in love with this book. You'll appreciate it more and more. And there's kind of one more kind of truth we want to layer on this. Again, we've looked at the prophecy of the branch. We looked at um, the the beasts, the four beasts and how they're represented. Then we gave you some internal proofs of this but there's one other thing that we kind of um skirted and alluded a little bit but that's the genealogies good one (laughs) if you study the genealogies inside these books they will too show you this emphasis so um the book of matthew the genealogy is matthew 1 1 once you go ahead and uh, read that and obviously uh the listening audience the viewing audience should already know this should portray jesus christ as king so let's see let's listen to matthew 1 1 the book of the generation of jesus christ the son of david isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that when I went to list the gene- genealogy of Jesus Christ, it starts with David. Again, we already mentioned to you how David, the king of the Jews, the king of Israel, and is connecting Jesus Christ to that king because he is the king. 
Um, so I don't know if there's anything else, but it just it, it, that is the genealogy. It starts and put an emphasis on David. And then, of course, it uh, gives all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting about the book of Mark, I told you and we showed you um, that it portrays Jesus Christ as a servant. Well, there is no genealogy in the book of Mark. The reason is, is because nobody cares about a servant's genealogy. The emphasis is what are they doing, their work. So there's no genealogy in the book of Mark. We're gonna we're gonna bypass Luke for a moment. We'll come back to Luke, but obviously well, the John, the genealogy. We said it's the Lord or the Son of God. So what is the genealogy in the book of John, Brother Brian? In the beginning was the Word. Uh oh. And the Word was with God. Amen. And the Word was. God. There's the genealogy. It doesn't tie it to a man. It doesn't tie it to David. It doesn't tie it to a person. The genealogy is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Again, it shows you the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and what what amazing thing. So that only leaves the one book that we skip. And of course, that is Luke. And Luke's genealogy is uh, found in Luke chapter three. And so we're kind of, we don't have to read this whole thing, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's just read verse 38 because that's where it starts and then kind of skip to the point we want to emphasize. So uh, the Luke's genealogy, obviously we told you Luke represents the Lord Jesus Christ as man. So read Luke three thirty-eight, and then skip down. I think it's 338, right? Yeah, last verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Amen, amen. So, yeah, I see what you're saying there. I said it's the beginning. It's the last verse there. But that is what we wanted there. And so that's how the genealogy ends. You can back up and read the whole thing, and it lists a whole bunch of people. But notice, this is the only genealogy that goes all the way back to Adam. And of course, because Adam's the first man. And so again, it's the emphasis there that the Lord Jesus Christ, his humanity come as a man. Now, there's one other very, very interesting thing that it said there. And Brother Brian, why don't you go ahead and expound a little bit on that and I'll, and I'll close this out. But what else is mentioned in that verse that's really interesting? I had a story about. Go ahead. <laughs> I get these stories popping in my head. That's no, wonderful. Well, it said Abraham or uh, Jesus Christ, the son of David, in verse Matthew one six. Sorry to, to go back there. It says David the king. Right. Presents him as king, king of the Jews. Matthew one one. Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, father of the Jews. Right. But I had a funny story. Brother James Kelly, um, good brother, goes to Hope Baptist Church in Toledo. He and I were street preaching at Toledo, Ohio campus, University of Toledo campus, and. I'm preaching and he's kind of passing out tracks and being an ambassador and keeping people away from me and that. And this guy's just cussing and going crazy, college student. And I didn't hear what happened and I I see him yelling at James Kelly and then James is talking to him and this really friendly, nice, happy brother, yeah. always smiling. He's showing him the Bible and the guy just yells out a cuss word and walks off. <laughs> so I'm, I'm done with my turn preaching. So I asked him like, what's the deal with that guy? And he tells me the story. He said, that guy says there's a bunch of contradictions and mistakes in the Bible. And James hands him a Bible. He's like, well, show me one. He's like, well, the uh, genealogies don't match. Hmm, hmm. 
you say, show me where, where's it, where doesn't it match? Which they don't. Right, 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 right. <laughs> There's a reason and explation, right. but he's right. The, right. the lost atheist was right. He's like, well, the genealogy of Mark doesn't match. James says, there is no genealogy in Mark. So he's got a 50-50 chance here. Now he's eliminated Mark, so he's got right. a 66.6% chance. <laughs> he's like, well, the genealogy in John, I mean. And he said, there is no genealogy in John. And then he yells his cuss word and took off and yeah. trying to get his phone. He said, and look it up, and right. he couldn't find right. it. But anyway, so uh, Luke 130, uh, 3.38, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which mm. was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Mm. None of those other people are said to be the son of God. And that is an amazing <laughs> truth in one that is a segue into our next podcast where we're going to talk about the image of man, the image of God and being a son of God. And uh, so we wanted to end there in regards to this to hopefully you'll tune in next week. And we're going to do a whole podcast on the image of God, the image of man in regards and in, in about being a son of God. And I think it's a very important doctrinal truth that we hope you get a blessing by. But just to close out this podcast, I hope you understand and see the importance of really grasping and understanding that God had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pen four different perspectives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Matthew penned a perspective of Jesus Christ as king because one day the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. He is setting up a literal Amen. physical kingdom here on earth. And that is what Matthew's emphasis is about, a king and his kingdom. And again, so Mark writes and he's writing about the perspective of Jesus Christ being a servant and Luke, Jesus Christ being man and John, praise the Lord, Jesus Christ as being the son of God. Lord or God manifest in the flesh. And so we hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. We pray that uh, you would fall in love with the word of God. And we always say that. So you'll fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. This Amen. Bible is his love letter to you. And he wants you to know all about him. So until next time, God bless. And thank you for joining the word of a King podcast. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.